just for funds, I was just going to hit record and just like if we end up with a cold open thing of some kind, I just thought that would be kind of fun to try out. But oh, okay, well now yeah. it feels forced, well, so we should just hit yeah, record now and not send me. Now it's completely fuck. Yeah, well that's and that's the problem because I got to be like, hey, hit the record button. Then it's not a cold open; it's a warm. Yeah, open, I guess. then it's warmed warm? up. It's like lukewarm. It's like a hot open. It's like melting. <laughs> It's like so steamy. Yeah, a steamy. It's a big pile, steamy, a steamy open. pile of open. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it stinks. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerd Sloth Podcast, where two lazy nerds talk about whatever they got the energy for. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. And uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up to you today is... You said you had something to talk about. This better not be terrible, because <laughs> I, I kind of mentally prepped for it. I have it all kinds of things to, to talk about. I, I felt like it... Because uh, I didn't know if you were going to come in with like a joke, and it's going to be like, hey, what would happen hey, what if, if a rooster crossed with a dinosaur? <laughs> What what would come out if a rooster crossed with a, a plunger? Like, imagine that. Like, I don't want something like, give me something well, good, please. I was going to like come in. I was going to, I had like some straight up nerdy things to talk about. But now okay. you've, you've made me no. want to be like, man, maybe I no, should have come in with something ridiculous no. right away. <laughs> no, What kind please. of rooster okay. should cross with a monster? No, a plunger. <laughs> you, you, and yeah, you brought it up. This it's time. fine. Now it's I on did you. It. I did it to counter what I expected from you. <laughs> and if that's not the case, great. I'm I'm <laughs> so much the better. Would like, let's be move a, on to the nerdy topic. Would it be a pooster? Because a pluster. Pluster. Um, pluster. A pluster. Maybe pluster. Yeah. Let's pluster works, but it would have the suction power yeah. of a of a plunger. Oh, but did, did you know that huh? chicken anuses they do have like plunger power so this ain't far off and this is what okay uh, i now i feel like i'm on a list but the the reason i know this yeah yeah Yeah, i guess maybe you should have prefaced with why you know so much about chicken anuses okay i blame colleen for this from uh one of our old shows a little spooky I don't remember if it was in India or another country. Back in the day, if you got like bit by a snake, you would stick like a bunch of chicken butts up to the bite and suction that that venom out. And like, um, but like this, this Mm. happened actually. Someone did it not that long ago, like in the last couple of years, they got bit by a snake. It required a lot of chicken. It required like 60 or 70 chickens. <laughs> so many chickens. And chicken I'm not going to lie. Like from, At that point, it's not even worth like, it. Is it thing. even really doing anything? A lot of those chickens didn't survive because <laughs> you flooded, yeah, I can't you flooded their buttholes full of snake poisons. So, I, uh, but he survived. The guy survived, though. Yeah, but. But what? I don't know. But at what cost? It, it just, uh, 60 chickens. Yeah. Like that just feels like it's not even really doing anything. That's just an excuse to use chicken butts. Like, I don't think that guy was poisoned at all. I think he just has some kind of weird fetish. Just wanted to feel the suction of a chicken's butt against his leg or wherever it was. Let's hope it was his leg and not somewhere else. His leg, if we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If we're lucky. I don't, I don't know. Like this has gone downhill too fast. I don't, yeah, I don't want uh, no more. (laughs) I don't want to talk about chicken butts anymore hey uh um, what's up is not chicken butts it's not chicken butts uh i wanted to to bring up some um some games that i was really excited about excited about because you've been playing them yeah, or because they're i've been playing com- them. upcoming okay it's a couple games that came out recently what free-to-play game have you they been were jumping free. into i paid i paid my hard-earned shekels did you for these. Did you pay anything or do, are you just no, using my these. games off of okay. <laughs> I didn't right. steal them Let's from hear you. It. Uh Dredge is one I've been sinking a lot of a lot of time into. Yeah, yeah. Dredge is great. That one is the fishing game on the surface yeah. that is much more uh the further in you go, I guess. 
Eldritch Horror Fishing game. Eldritch Horror Fishing. And uh, it, but I don't know anything about it really past that, so please don't, yeah, I don't spoil I won't anything. spoil anything. It's just, it's so much fun. As fun as like a fishing game can be. And I don't mean that in like a mean way. It's just like... I kind of like fishing games. Yeah, I, so. I don't mean it like in a, in a like, oh, it's just, it's as fun as fishing can be. Uh, which is how I, I basically know, feel like said a backhanded compliment. Yeah. yeah, but like I mean, you know, it's not an action game, but it is a fun sit down in the comfy chair, get all nice and cozy with your Steam Deck, and play this game. Like you, you can mod your boat. You have to like you know, you fish, you sell your fish, you can make upgrades to your boat. You do uh, tasks for the townspeople and everything that'll have errands and stuff for you. While like weird mysteries and things are afoot at night, there are um, like night just ain't really safe for you to go out fishing. You can and there's benefits to doing it because there's like a lot of fish that you can't catch during the day that you do need to catch at night. But it's a lot riskier. It is super risky. There's scary stuff that happening okay. at night. And you have like a madness gauge that really messes with your perception of everything, like literally like lights and stuff like that. They do a really cool way of showing like you going kind of uh, screwy where like, let's say you see a light off a buoy, right? But as your madness meter goes up, that light starts like splitting in different directions where there's like a red, yellow, greenish, bluish offsets going to either side so it messes with your actual like spatial um perception of things a lot are there ways to counter like madness or do you just have to go back before your madness meter fills like do you eat a snickers bar to be like okay my madness has gone down a little bit uh no you gotta sleep um to recover can you sleep on your boat you can but you have to be docked so like oh, okay okay you if you're out and you are like super into your madness and stuff like that. It is, it's hard for you to find your way to a proper dock to get docked and sleep it off. But like, that's what you got to do. Um, cause, hmm. cause time only passes when your boat is moving or you are fishing. So if you are out in the water and you're like, oh man, I got caught out here at night, I'll just wait until time passes. You can't. You are stuck there until you start moving again or you find a spot to fish because the fishing occurs when you see little pools of, of fish and stuff like that. Like you have to find the fishing spots. So like you can't sit and wait it out. You have to be doing things to wait out the time. It's a very clever system that I really, really like. There's a lot of inventory management too, which sounds boring, but it gets very Tetrisy, which is kind of fun as far as like when you catch your fish. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of uh, was it Diablo that had that Diablo, kind of system? Yes, Diablo had that um, for sure. And, I think um, one of the I, the Might and Magic games had that as well. Not Heroes of Might and Magic, yeah. but the Might and Magic like uh, first person RPGs had that kind of like grid or just basically you. You can fit on yourself whatever you can fit in your bag kind of thing, and you can kind of uh, rotate them to do so. And like as you start doing things like you'll meet different people, like there's a little bit of visual novel aspect in a way of like kind of like when we played Beacon Pines. Uh, such a good game. There's a little bit of like that kind of thing to it where you start getting to know certain characters and interact with them and they'll have stuff for you to do where you can choose to help them out and make some choices, different stuff like that. And where the dredge part comes from is you meet this one guy who brings up this thing of like, hey, there's these, there's shipwrecks all over the place and there are these artifacts I'm looking for. Um, while you're out there fishing, would you please look for remnants of these shipwrecks and dredge up these artifacts for me? And he, he pays you really well. And every time you find an artifact, he gives you a new ability to your boat that like, like the first one increases your speed and stuff um, just temporarily. But if you abuse it, it'll blow your engine out. Okay. It's really like, there's just so much to the game that makes it really interesting. It sounds... It's great. Like there might be a lot of micromanaging going on. Is it is. simplified to the, to the... Yeah, but is it like simple enough to where it doesn't feel overwhelming? I don't think it's overwhelming. Is this a roguelike in the sense that when you die, you start over or no? There's continues or save points you or something? Can, you can continue. You can... It gives you the 
an option to continue or start over, depending. Because like when you, you can die, die. Have you died? Yes. And did you start over or continue? I started over. Okay. Is there a, a reason you wouldn't want to just continue? The reason that I started over was because... You arranged your fish in your bag all wrong. My fish and were so s- screwed up. No, it was because I upgraded certain things. I upgraded things in a certain way and then had regrets and was like, man, I wish I had upgraded my engines first and my boat had been faster because oh. your boat's real slow at the beginning. And I wasn't really thinking about it. And I upgraded my fishing gear and stuff first. And then I could catch more fish and everything, but I was just slow as molasses. So yeah, so it's hard to escape the madness, venom, the madness. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? Uh, I'm just at this point, uh, I'm just going to start from scratch and then upgrade my my boat, like my engines first and get a new engine so I can be faster. And that has made it way better. A better experience. So yeah. recommendation would be upgrade engines as one of your first priorities. Very first upgrade, upgrade your engines. Absolutely. 100%. I may jump into that one sometime this weekend. I'm playing through Jedi Survivor right now, and that's going to be a longer game, I know. So maybe I can take a break from that to jump into yeah. um, Dredge and just see how it is, how it feels. Yeah, I think it's super fun. It's a it's a great way to just kind of like pass some time and chill. And I lost an entire evening at one point, just like I'll play it for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, dang, it's been four and a half hours. Oops. It was. It's one of those uh, games. So. Do you know how many hours you put into it? Like, does it feel like a long game or? I don't know. I think it really just depends on like how much stuff you want to do. Because I feel like there's just so much you can do and there's just so much you can explore. I'm about to tell you how long it is. Exactly. Tell me. Uh, So if you just go through the main story and this is a pretty decent amount of time for just the main story and nothing else. Nine hours. Okay. Which. It, it's it's not nothing, but it's also not like 60 plus hour RPG. Yeah, I was so, going to guess fine. maybe 10. Okay. If you do the main and your and some side missions, 11 and a half hours. Sure. If you're a completionist, which I'm which I'm assuming means like, you know, trying to go after the achievements and whatnot, 17 hours. Oh, God, where you're neurodivergent like me and you have to obsess over everything. You got <laughs> You got to catch 50,000 of that one fish. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon. A kind of a blend of all styles, like you're doing a little bit of everything, 12 hours. So I think average of 12 hours, if you're just trying to jet through it, nine hours. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Not too bad. Feels about right. Feels about right. Yeah. But it's been... Uh, That's totally been digestible. Fun. Like I, I like games like that because I can just kind of jump in, get through it, have that experience. That's how Beacon's, Beacon Pines felt to me. It was like, it was short enough, but yeah. it was also, it had a lot of depth to it. So I still felt like I had a really enriching experience. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that game was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one a lot. I hope that studio does some more. Um, and I did see that Dredge has a um, a whole DLC release schedule too, where like really? each quarter okay. of the year, they're going to release Dang. something for a DLC. I don't think they're all going to be big updates, but I mean, there's going to be an update, you know, every quarter. and. Three out of the four will be free with the, I think the bigger one being uh, end of year, I guess, uh, or at least fourth quarter, I mean, being a paid DLC, but that's pretty cool. I saw just jumping off of that real quick. I saw that. uh, Well, first of all, I, when I look, just looking at Dredge and how popular it's become, I I was thinking, I bet they're going to make a sequel to it or something, but that makes sense. They already have like a release schedule for their um, DLC like that next to making a, another game. Like that's just a good alternative to keep the interest high. Mm -hmm. Um, What I was going to say, in addition to that was I saw that Wildermyth had a uh, DLC just, but not like a, I don't think it was as content as much as it was like new costumes, new weapons, oh, cool. and new variety for transformation skins. Oh, cool. Okay. Not all like crow people will look the same or wolf people will look the same. Like you have options now. That's cool. You can, uh, I guess, give them some variety. So if your whole party is like, happen to be, you know, all infested crows. by that. Yeah. The crow thing or the, the crystal thing in your eye, then you don't all have to look exactly the same. So that's nice for some variety. Yeah, that's great. That's a amazing game. I have 
Yeah. That's another one that I've spent so many hours in that game. I kind of wonder, I almost want to look and see how many hours I've spent in because I've an entire history in that game <laughs> of like, yeah, I have like eight generations of heroes in that game. And I wrote down like all of them, like their names so that I kept track of the, the ancestry of everybody. I got so obsessed. Yeah, you've created like a society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's obsessive, I, and I know it is, but it's it's been super fun. Um, I've got a little over sixty hours in that. I'm looking at it now, sixty two point eight hours in Wilderness. That's not all. All in all, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's the amount of time it would take me to play through half of Elden Ring, basically. Sure. <laughs> so that's not too bad. Yeah, I was like, I I know I have a spreadsheet of. <laughs> Of all oh, of my man. characters. Okay, so that's a little much. Uh, here it is. I found it too. Ah. With all of my, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine generations of heroes that Jeez. I've kept track of. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, cool. for anybody who hasn't played that game, though, please <laughs> like give it a shot. Yeah. If you like, uh, like isometric tactical RPGs, and if you're a fan of, uh, D D or any kind of tabletop oh, game yeah. like that this one is like a really fun like pretty lightweight version of all of that you can have unique stories my recommendation and you can play it however you want but my recommendation would be to play once you're familiar enough with the system do the randomized one where all these random events are possible like because there are scenarios or campaigns you can go through, but I like just like not knowing what's going to happen from one day to the next. Like that's where it gets real crazy. It was one of my favorite games um, the year it came out. It was probably my favorite game that year. I don't know. I'm trying to remember like the last several years, have, there's been so many good games that came out. Like I feel like, you know, there was great games when we were kids, but like I feel like the last several years has put out just the quality of games have gone up so much more because I think of like games like Wildermyth and Inscription. I obsess so hard over these games, like way harder than I did a lot of the games when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, we've had just a ton of advancements in both technology and just uh, gameplay styles, which has been because of either feedback from people or from the consumer or just like the people who were playing those games as kids growing up and then making their own games. Yeah, like, here's a, a way point. I can make this better. Yeah. yeah. You know, all the, the kids that grew up playing Chrono Trigger and Mario and right. Sonic are now the ones making these games. So, right. Which is why you're getting like kind of bigger in some ways, better versions of those games. If we were to look back at like, let's say top three, because top five is hard. Let's say your top three games that you think have really held up uh, from that you played as a kid or something you played as a okay. kid that you could still play today and be like, yeah, this is still a good experience. Because I'm going to tell you, playing Goldeneye again does not no, hold up. like that, <laughs> that game. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I remember loving it as a kid because it's like that was the best we had. But now you try to play it, it's like, oh, it just feels gross. And, you know, I, I know they they released like a remastered version yeah. of it recently, but I think it still plays the same as the, ori or the original one did. Probably. So it's like, yeah, I just it, that one can stay in the past. I, but there are yeah. some, to my point, that I think have held up. And so I'd like to hear what your three are. I feel like they're all going to end up being Super Nintendo games, too. I mean, yeah, we were definitely Super Nintendo kids more than Sega kids. Yeah. By far, I want to say Super Mario RPG. I figured that one would be yeah there. one of my favorites of all time. This is tough. Top three, huh? Yeah, Man, and I just or just the first three you can think I of. I really want to say like held up. Link to the Past, but when like you and I replayed it last year, <laughs> it was such a frustrating game. It's tough. It's tough. We beat it's it. It's good, but it was. But it's it's yeah. so tough. It is frustrating. Uh, you know, I. I, I would go to bat for that one and say so? it has held up. It's just like it's it's hard to take yourself out of modern sensibilities and go back to something like that. That's not nearly as forgiving in certain ways. So you just have to be ready for that kind of experience. I would say Super Mario World. So that's your second Super Mario on the list so far. OK. And then. Well, yeah, because then you can you can just toss Yoshi in a pit. Yeah, which for is a little bit of a, boost. a beautiful totally way to live. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I said an RPG. I said a platformer. Uh, sure, I like that. Yeah, have some variety. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something a little different too. Um, Were there any racing games you enjoyed? I mean, the, the only thing I can era? think of is going to be Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just heavy Mario, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was a Nintendo kid. Like Nintendo franchise through and through. Yeah, pretty much. But like... I mean, we can even go up to like N64. It doesn't have yeah. to be like only Super Nintendo. Yeah. I'm just saying like when we were younger. I'll just stick with them, I guess. I really like... I mean, okay. Donkey Kong Country is really on there too. I love Donkey Kong That Country. one held up too. Because yeah. we did play that Any one Donkey recently. Kong, that's It's like one or two. Both are equally amazing i think yeah they are tough but it feels so good when you're able to finally beat them yeah like all the snow levels are so hard those are the hardest ones man <laughs> i don't know what it is about those snow levels but woof any minecart level oh, yeah, the is mine always like oh man that just reminds me of like battle toads kind of stuff like going through the the carts oh the um, the disney aladdin game holds up oh okay that game holds up on either would you recommend uh, yeah, SNES I was going to say, would you Sega. say Super Nintendo? E- either. Either holds up. And they are a little different, depending on which one you're playing. What was the difference? In the SNES one, all he does is throw apples. In the Sega one, he's got a sword. So the oh, gameplay is a little bit right. different. Like, he can actually fight more. Yeah, that's like... Like, Sega Sega did what Nintendo don't. <laughs> What, what Nintendo what Nintendo didn't. Yeah. Because correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, but I feel like Mortal Kombat, um, the blood was either really toned down or non-existent on the Super Nintendo. But Sega, you could I don't think it was like out of the box available. But I feel like there was a code you could put in to enable it in on the Sega. I do version. remember there being codes. But I also feel like there might have been like options to turn blood on or off, but that might have been in some of the later games. I actually don't remember at what stage those yeah. came into play. Yeah, I know in some way, like there was a, a Nintendo game, and I think it was Mortal Kombat that was like that, where uh, the Sega version, you could make it a little bit more violent if you wanted. Yeah. And of course, like as kids growing up in the 90s violence was all the rage it was great <laughs> i actually wasn't one of those kids like i wasn't the i want to see the violence kind of kid I, I just was like yeah i don't really care i don't need to see it i guess as a kid growing up watching horror movies it was just kind of second nature to me i grew up in yeah. the really strict religious household so okay yeah. I, I was which like, is why it's hard for you yeah i was like if i wanted to even rent mortal Kombat, i had to get like my friend's mom to rent it for me <laughs> So uh, thanks, Mrs. Spencer. I would say my top three, just the first three I could think of. So RPG, I'm going to have to go with Breath of Fire 2. Nice. Great game. I could still go play that one and enjoy it. Love that game. Racing game. I'm going to say Biker Mice from Mars. That was just such a good game. I'll still go play that one on occasion. I really, really enjoy that one. Very slightly remember that one. Were you like racing through a city, like a top-down style? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of a a three-fourths view. Okay, that's right. Yeah, just having all your superpowers and stuff. It was kind of like simpler than Mario Kart, but... It was it was kind of doing what Mario Kart does now, which is like you can upgrade your well, I guess Mario Kart doesn't do this. They just you can just change the way things look, but you can upgrade your system like the more you go through races and the more money you gain, like you can upgrade your engine, your steering and things like that. And I thought that was at the time, like I was really intrigued by it because that's something that Mario Kart did not offer. And so it was kind of adding an RPG element to that or at least an upgrade element to the racing thing and i had liked that cartoon as a kid so yeah it made sense to me and then past that maybe ogre battle 64 if i'm gonna go up to 64 nice okay yeah that i just that one's kind of an interesting one and i don't know for sure that that would completely hold up but i played a little bit of it a few years back and i liked what i had played at that point but it's more like a you're not really controlling your units in the same way where it's like a turn based um, and you choose the target, it's like kind of automated in the sense that they're kind of choosing. You can kind of set like parameters, like choose the optimal, choose the target with the most health or the least health or whatever. 
or the leader of the group or something like that. So it was just a really cool system. And I liked all the units you could gather and recruit on your side. Okay. Yeah, I actually have Ogre Battle 64. Oh, have you played it? No, (laughs) I haven't. But I do (laughs) have it. I have a I have yeah. a lot of old games. Yeah, you've got a big N64 library. I do. I, I, actually, I have tons of old 64 games, old Nintendo games, a few SNES games, and a lot of Genesis games, too. So, um, If I were going to adjust my answer at all, then I might change Ogre Battle to Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, because you talk about that, that was one probably, a lot. I, I do, a lot more. So it's probably more of the formative games to my growing up, which the system still holds up. And I still enjoy that system today. So yeah, I'll, I'll toss Ogre Battle off the list, but I still did enjoy that. But yeah, Get out of here, Ogre Battle. You're not wanted. Bye, Ogre Battle. See yeah, ya. Not anymore. See ya, loser. Final Fantasy Tactics. Speaking Great. of uh, okay. losers, I'm going to bring up another game that I played that I was really excited about, but you're going to think I'm a loser for liking it. Uh, go on. The Case of the Golden Idol... DLC, The Spider of oh, Lanka. Your point and click adventures. I love yeah. the case of the Golden Idol. I love everything about it. You hate point and click games, basically. I it it's just it, they're just, just not games to me. They're, and I know some people like them. They're so good. And but what I yeah. love what I love about these is they are incredibly difficult puzzles, really. Um but I feel like saying puzzles is kind of like a um just doesn't explain it right. Like mysteries. They're incredibly complex mysteries that you have to solve. It's just like, did you like the board game Clue? Like when you were I mean, growing up? Yeah, it was fine. Okay. It, it's it's like the ultimate game of Clue, but like 20 times more difficult. And like each stage of it gets more and more complex. So like in each um, scenario you're presented, you have to go and find all the clues. And then um, there's always like, there's like a death or several deaths. Like the the very beginning of Spider of Lanka, there's three scenes that you have to kind of explain by the end to um, complete the uh, scroll, which is filling in what exactly happened. The, like the very first one in this DLC there's you walk into a scene where there's like eight dead bodies on the ground and you have to identify who every person is, who killed who, in what order, and why. And it's like, oh my God. It, it's incredibly complex, but it is so much fun. I love it. I played through the the new DLC in about a little over two hours yesterday. Um, got through all three scenes and had a great time. And my brain was aching by the time I was done, but it felt so good to do it. And I didn't even know they were doing a DLC until two days before it dropped. And then I was just taken by surprise and I was super excited. And this was actually a prequel to like the uh, core game. So that was kind of fun seeing some things that like tie into what the main story was going to be and seeing what started the events of the story proper to begin with. And I was like, man, this is great. I was just so happy to get back into that world again. I 100% recommend it. If you haven't checked out Case of the Golden Idol, um, if, recommend. If point and click's your thing, go for it. Yeah, man. If you're, if you're not a point and click person, be wary. If you like mysteries and detective If you stuff, like using your mouse, then hey, man. Go for no, it. if you like using your brain, the, it's it's a game you'll enjoy. That's what I'm gonna say. Not I just don't know. It's I all don't about know. the brain. It's all about your thinking power and your deductive skills. Yeah, but then you can just be like, okay, redo. I was wrong. Redo. Right? Like, what what happens if you're wrong? Game over. You just never go. Like, you could get stuck if you don't figure it out. You don't figure it out, and you can't get nowhere. But I, I guess, I, okay, to me, I guess I'm just. How do you not figure it out? You could get stuck. I need to play one of these games just to be like, okay, do it. what? Why do people like these games? Do it. <laughs> That's my main question. Play it. Play this game specifically. Case of the Golden Idol. Yes. All right. Play the case of the Golden. Is Idol. it? Is it like court case games that it, people Phoenix, like? Right? Phoenix, right? Phoenix, right? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Is it like, yeah, is um, it like those? I there, I guess there are some similarities. There's some similarities to it, but I would say they're pretty different games. So, 
Objection. I do like the Phoenix Wright games, though, but I got to be in the right mood to play those. I, I like those visually. Those, um, Yes, that's fine. I, I don't know. I think you'll enjoy the art of this game, too. There's there's a little bit of a horror backdrop to the whole game, too, which is kind of fun. All right. So, yeah, there's that. I'll, it's fun. I'll give it a shot. I am... I'm mildly curious. Good. Not, not <laughs> strongly curious. Mildly. I'll I'll accept mildly. I'll accept that. <laughs> it's better than not curious. Hey man, at all. you got me to play Elden Ring after years of me being like, man, this ain't for me. So I did. And I if I can I'm convince glad. you to try this game, yeah. I can die. I can finally die. I'll just but go ahead and die that now. That said, would you ever play another Souls like game now that you've played Elden Ring? I think it would depend. People say Tunic is a Souls-like game, and I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, I played Tunic for a little bit yeah. and enjoyed it in the combat style. It was pretty difficult for me, and I I didn't finish Tunic, but I enjoyed it for the most part. I just got I just got stuck at one point, and then I ended up playing something else. So it depend on the wrapping of it. I, I think so, I, and I I think sometimes sometimes it really depends on ease of entry for me. Because like to me, like when I see like a another Dark Souls game comes out or something, to me it looks like a big old wall of frustration shoved in my face of like, yeah, I could start playing this, but like within 10 minutes, I'm gonna get frustrated because <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna progress. Well, and, yeah, and because that just it involves also me. I mean, uh it, it's brain power, but also reflexes. I think reflexes are a huge reaction time is a huge thing in those games. As someone with terrible <laughs> reaction time, this <laughs> it's not it, it probably isn't the best mix. But but I give it a shot, you know. And I do want to pick Tunic back up again sometime because I I just love the the world of it. I love the idea of assembling the map or the um not the map, the playbook and everything as you go. I think that's super cool. So yeah, yeah that that one's one I want to jump back into because I didn't finish that one either. I just had gotten through whatever we got through on the stream and I didn't play it past that really. But I did like the aesthetic of it and the, the combat style is right up my alley. So I think I got about where we ended on the stream, like playing it solo. I think I got about the same length before I stopped. Um, I just okay. remember getting to this one, like either boss or mini boss or something that I could not beat them. So I was just like, eh. Then I went on to play something else. I think that's I started playing. Um, gosh, I don't I don't remember what the game was, but I remember it was another game I ended up getting hooked on, and then just totally fell fell off of everything else. So yeah, anyways. that's I think that's an important point. Also, is like I'm just gonna say it. There are too many good games out. Period. Right. And I don't know. I don't know what the fix to that is because oh, it's Cult of the Lamb. That was the one I got sucked oh, into. I stopped playing Tunic and started playing just, Cult of the which Lamb, which also just came out with DLC. Yeah, which I think also some people uh, refer to that as being semi Souls like as well. Yeah, there. Yeah, I think like anytime you, I love you mix one. like a a combat dodge roll kind of thing in there, it's gonna people are gonna think of that if if it's got bonfires and okay. dodge rolls of any sort then it's a souls like basically that one i worry i can uh, my concern with with cult of the lamb is like i don't know that there's much replayability to it unless you're just huge into the civilization building part of it but even sure. then like there's only a certain extent that it can get to and then you're kind of like well i'm just keeping my my dudes alive i guess yeah I'm really excited for the to check out the DLC though because they did add a lot of stuff. So um, there's a lot. Yeah, of I did hear the levels, bosses. Um, like there's there's a whole new like slew of. I mean, just content. It's almost like a whole new half of the game got added on. So I'm I'm excited for that. With so many games up on the, I guess up for offer. Like, how do you decide what to play? What is your deciding factor? That's like, okay, I'm going to dedicate my time, which is so limited. Uh, yeah. to this one game for X amount of hours? Uh, I don't know. For me, it usually depends on like what kind of game I'm feeling like playing, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I've got to be in the mood to play certain kinds of games. I don't know if that's weird or if most people are like that. Like, because I can't look at our Steam library and choose any game and just hop into it. Like, cause we, we established on like episode one or two, we've got like 1400 games. Cause I can look through all those games and be like, eh, there ain't nothing to play. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, just cause like I might be in a mood, 
but you know, I might have a mood where I'm like, ah, man, I really want to do some sleuthing. I'm going to pick a a detective game. So I have like made a custom Steam library categories based on like kind of how I feel like stuff that's like more mysterious. I have like a category for that or puzzle kind of stuff. And I have a a spooky category. So depending on that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, what do I feel like? Or if I'm one day, I'm like really missing inscription because that was one of my favorite games. But I'm like, I've had enough of inscription. I don't need to play more of it and give that more of my time before I die because I'm well on my way there. I'll go into my cards category and see okay, which of these looks the most appealing right now? And I'm going to pop one of those on right now and start playing, like find a new card game to obsess over. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't answer much of a question. It just all depends on what I'm feeling in the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that for sure. Because the there, the are times where, there are times where I just want to, I mean, I don't like the categorization stuff myself because Steam kind of does it for you. So I don't really need to. If I want to play a roguelike, I'll just look up roguelike in my library, like filter yeah. that out. And it'll all be I have there. a rogue category. Yeah, I, but there, why? Why double create those? What I'm saying, like you're just doubling your well, work there because it's because I went through and I'm like, you know, there's some rogues and some puzzle games and some card games and stuff like that in our library that I'm like, eh, I'm not interested in that one. So then I filter those ones out, whereas like Steam wouldn't do that for me, you know. All right. yeah, so then I, I look guess. at that and it gets rid of all the junk. And this is just the ones that I know I have considered playing or I, I know I have interest yeah, in. Yeah, I, I think I just like, I, I like to have all my options open. And I, honestly, I think there are some games that are just in my library just to, even if I'll never play them, just, just to be to like, it's you. there if I ever want to. <laughs> yeah, just to spite you specifically, I buy all these games <laughs> that I know you won't like um, because you'll never touch them. Yeah, that's uh, why but, I'm always adding free games just to... <laughs> Just but yeah, that's mad. why I don't share your library back. I don't want to see what you buy. I just want my stuff. It depends on my mood, whether I want to play a roguelike, which is just a one and done type thing. It's like, OK, let me just go through and let me have a quick run on whatever game I'm playing. Or if I have more time, like if I start early in the day, I'm like, all right, now I just want to start getting through this longer like campaign game like uh, Jedi Survivor right now. It's like, there are days where I just don't have time to jump into that because I won't make any progress. I'll just like I'll walk a few feet and then be done and I might not <laughs> right. get I might not get anywhere. Last night was fun. I fought a Rancor and that was really cool because that was an optional legendary boss and it was hard, but it felt really good once I beat it. That's cool. I like the yeah. idea of that. I think they showed the Rancor in the uh, previews for that game. Oh, they might so, have. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if that was something you actually get to fight, or if they were just like, "Look, we have a rancor." Oh uh, yeah, you fight them. That's cool. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, and that was just on the first planet. That I'm still on the first planet, but there, there's so much exploration you can do, and it's almost like just like the first one. There's a Metroidvania aspect to it in the sense that you can get things that allow you to go back to a planet you were previously on and visit parts of it you couldn't before for whatever reason. So yeah, I I really like that type of game and I love the Star Wars franchise. So this one is just a really good combo for me. And now that they've patched it a little bit, it's running much better than it was originally. It was never running really poorly on my computer, but now it's a constant like 60 something frames a second and it feels good. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I, I hate it when like um I can hear my computer trying to die as I'm playing a game, you know, like when <laughs> yeah I, it starts doing that vacuum cleaner noise and you're you just, just like, the oh, fans man. struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this yeah. is it. Yeah, especially when like you've got like a tower like me that has um I've got one of those quote unquote silent towers that has all the um, foam built into it to ch- make everything really quiet, which yeah. is super helpful for recording and, and everything because you never hear my computer fan in the recordings. But <laughs> there are times that I'll be playing a game, especially like certain AAA games or something like that. And then all of a sudden, that ultra silent tower it sounds like there's a plane just thinking about taking off and i'm like oh no <laughs> oh what have i done this poor computer is about to explode i get a little worried when that happens i'm like am i gonna just like overheat my computer like this graphics card was very expensive is, is it gonna melt right <laughs> so far so good 
So yeah. far, so good. But that's always in the back of my mind. Um, I I have a question for you. So Uh-oh. I don't know if you've played any dating sims recently, aside from uh, Monster Prom when we played that one. That right. was a while back. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that there are so many coming out now of varying degrees. Like um, there was a kaiju one that came out recently where you're just trying to find your kaiju love and by kaiju i mean like godzilla and stuff like that (laughs) type of monsters yeah um boyfriend dungeon where it's literally you it's kind of a roguelike experience where you're like collecting these weapons and these weapons turn into your boyfriends love it (laughs) kind of thing okay and then uh, they even have a dead by daylight dating sim that came out super recently yeah Yeah. so my question for you is like what franchise would you want to make a dating sim out of if you had the option Oh man. Okay. Let me I don't have an answer yet. I, mean, I just thought right. of this question, but are you saying I'm gonna ruminate. like a, an existing like gaming franchise or any franchise? In, any franchise. It can be any anything. franchise. Yeah. A dating sim game any franchise. Transformers just seems funny. Oh my god. Yeah. That just seems like it'd be a really funny one to do. Uh um, That would be amazing. And <laughs> It's just uh, just the idea of it because they're all machines that turn yeah, into like cars they, and stuff just seems ridiculous. Feelings, it yeah. seems like. And and they they all have like really distinct personalities. Right. I mean, so, they're all part of the all spark. Yeah. So um, I just feel like that would be a pretty fun one. That would be great because I feel like I mean, inner John is your currency. You would have to bring in like roll out in some way. Yeah. You would just have to bring in like memorable quotes. Um, and it could even be fun to have like Decepticon cross dating or DLC added to it where you could date <laughs> oh my God. outside of your uh, clan, de- I guess, or your, yeah. some of the Decepticons, yeah. they're like the bad boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, hang on. It's uh, a, it's a Transformers dating sim, but put in like, um, um, I don't know, like Metroplex High. So <laughs> they're oh, all yeah. so it's they're all not only is it a dating sim, but it's also yeah yeah they're all like <laughs> teenagers. Them, so yes. like you know you see like Megatron Outback smoking the cigarette and stuff, like <laughs> hanging out with yeah. like emo edgy Starscream. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah Megatron has like greased back. He's a greaser. He's got like a leather jacket on and stuff. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, this would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be so good. Optimus is like captain of the football team. And, you <laughs> of know, course. oh yeah, my he's... gosh, this is great. Yeah, this is, that's what I want. I want a teenage transformer dating. Scene. Will Jack would be one of the, I guess one of the He'd car, kind of, like one of the kids who's super into cars right? yeah, or something it, or, well, I guess they're all vehicles. I don't know how that would work in that. I world. mean, like, yeah. I, I, well, that's what I'm wondering if, would he be that or would he be like the brainy kid? I no, was thinking Ratchet that too. Like, would, is he the nerdy? Yeah. Oh, he would probably be yeah. the, the brainy kid. Um, uh, well, I, he's more of the brainy kid that causes a lot of trouble. Whereas Ratchet would just be the straight up nerd that probably okay. gets picked on. Yeah. 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 That's so, good. I like that idea. Uh, Jazz is the band kid, of course. You know, uh huh. Oh my God. This is great. This is great. I feel like, Bumblebee would be like the the every man kid. Like yeah, he's he, just the he's average. The yeah, exactly. He floats around. He's friends with everybody. He just floats around, does whatever. Um, Soundwave is I, I see him as kind of like the I don't know back of the class goth kid. G- I feel like Soundwave needs to be the kid who does the announcements in the morning. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's pretty uh, good. Or like he's the he's the DJ at the the dance when they have like their whatever homecoming dance or something. I think he would want to be. Uh, he would aspire to be, but like he's too shy. Like Soundwave would have to be really shy. And Blaster is the really outgoing DJ. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I, Everything about this, this works. This works on way too many levels. Yeah. yeah. I honestly think it could definitely like even you just talking about it, it feels like, oh, this is already a real thing. Yeah. That's how easily I could see it happening. I want everybody listening to this to write in and let us know about wh- what other Teenage Transformers you've got 
for our new dating sim. <laughs> so I was saying Metroplex High, but that was the Autobots base. Would it be better to be Cybertron High? I feel like Cybertron High just is a more general kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. they go to and Cybertron that, High Because that would be the name of the game and it'd be super recognizable. Yeah, already. Cybertron High. Transformers C- Cybertron High. Transformers colon Cybertron High. A dating dash sim. Dash dating sim. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I love Good. this so much. This is That's perfect. Great. We're going to make this. No, that, that was a better answer than I would have expected. So good. Love it. Did you have one? No, I was just so caught up in yours. Oh, okay. I have to think a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, my first thought would be uh, just a general horror movie type oh, okay. of dating sim with all like the... All the slashers know, the, or the slashers and just any kind of like because they're not all slashers like things like um are you thinking any monsters any monsters really okay. is what I'm thinking just a monster dating sim I mean that's, that's what monster, monster problem bro. monster problem yeah yeah so that's where I'm like man they've already taken like this idea and made it better than I would have been able to so let me think if they did he man what if there was like a he man would be yeah, the gayest exactly that's what I was gonna say like a <laughs> masters of the universe since I was looking at the board yeah. game behind me I was like a masters of the universe it would be dating sim. the most beautifully gay dating sim ever if they did masters of the Absolutely. universe a hundred percent you're able buff dudes wearing hardly any clothes <laughs> yeah That'd be great. I, and you'd be able to definitely ship He-Man and Skeletor if you so chose. Oh God, but that would yeah. be a challenging path. It would be like in Monster Prom where you can make like anybody date, but it's not always easy. And you have to like meet certain criteria and hidden criteria yes, that you can't really criteria. track. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you could make them date, but that's hard. And that'll be an achievement if you make it happen. Oh my gosh. The power then is you yours. You truly will be the master of the universe. <laughs> the pa- yeah. The power would be yours. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Though. I like that idea a lot. I just, I love that franchise. So yeah. any, the more so that I weird. get of it, the better. Yeah. It is so weird. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Because with that, just like if we're just talking about that in general as like a general dating sim, then you could add DLC for any like 80s cartoons and throw that into the mix. Oh, easily. Bring in Thundercats, bring in Cybertron High crossover yeah. even. Dude, just um, the name I, Cybertron the, High sounds amazing. It does sound like it if not good. for a dating sim, then maybe just a show like as ridiculous as it sounds. It would be really good, I bet. Like just I think like so. freaking um what is the X-Men one? Oh, the X-Men, X-Men Evolution. X-Men yeah, Evolution. That was a yeah. great show. It was. I hadn't watched it really up until you we watched it for Cartoon Boom, but it was so good. So much better than I would have expected. Because those things they sound ridiculous on the surface, but there's a lot of depth to them. Oh, absolutely. That was like probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, actual X-Men cartoon, to be honest. So I yeah. think my overall favorite X-Men cartoon would Wolverine. be uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one was just so good. Just like Spectacular Spider-Man was my favorite Spider-Man cartoon. I was going to say, that was done by the same production studio, I believe, as X-Men Evolution. Yeah, yeah. So, so they just do good stuff. They do, they do. Um, before we head out, I, I just want to ask you a question because I want to bring up one uh, for sure. So this is me bringing something Asking you a question so I can bring something up on my own. Sure. Have you been watching any anime or anything lately? What have you been watching? I went through the first season of Star Wars. um, Visions? Visions, yeah. I was going to say Legacy. That's not what it was. Yeah. I went to the first season of Star Wars Visions again in preparation for the second one. And I started the second one. I got to the first two or three episodes of that. So good, man. I just love the variety of it and the blending of the different franchises, like um, not franchises, but different kind of like different genres yeah. where it's like, yes, um, Star Wars in the first place was inspired by, I think, Hidden Fortress, the, uh, the Japanese film. And so it's great seeing that brought back into are kind of like crossed over with Star Wars, like you're seeing samurai and different kinds of things from uh, samurai films or just in general sort of Japanese films. And I love just seeing it crossed over with these amazing like art styles, which is different for every episode, kind of in the same uh, vein as um, Love, Death and Robots, where it's like a different art style for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're all just kind of standalone stories, not canon, but it's stuff you could absolutely just follow along. And I'd I'd like to see more of some of that, like let me see a continuation of some of the ones from the first season. Maybe there are some in the second season. I'm not positive, but I just love 
I love Star Wars and I love seeing this blend of new things with it. Who's the bunny character? I, I remember seeing, uh, I haven't watched any of this, but there was like uh, a trailer I saw and then there was like a, a bunny character in Visions and I was just intrigued yeah, by the character. I, I don't. I don't remember her name, but I know that she was like a um, it, there was a planet that was taken over by the Empire and her people became kind of like slaves to the Empire to like mine some resources from it. And she was saved by this uh, family who had was higher up in rankings whose father it was a, a father and this young girl. And so the father was very like sympathetic toward the rebel cause. And so he was trying to keep the Empire out of their you know planet in general and as they got grew older together they grew up together essentially because she they found this little girl when she was just a kid and so was the daughter and as they grew up like the daughter started becoming like more uh i guess in leagues with the empire itself thinking that progress was the way to go and so that caused a clash between her and the bunny girl who was basically the the father had never really treated well because you know she was always kind of an outsider he apologized to her showed his affection towards her and gave her the family the custom family blade which happened to be like an an awesome lightsaber katana and so basically i mean these are all like really short like 16 minute things but you get to see an awesome battle between the daughter and then the the bunny daughter with the with some cool lightsaber stuff and so it was really good really good short yeah i remember like thinking that um that that looked cool i think they must have showed a clip of that fight because that that left an impression not just that there was a bunny girl because that makes me sound like a furry but uh, which there's (laughs) nothing wrong with with being a furry yeah it just looked cool lom and ocho that is the name of that short or lop and ocho that's what it was wait is is that her name lop Lop. oh my god i love that that's amazing (laughs) that's amazing i want to bring up this anime that i i want to recommend for you and for anyone that thinks it sounds interesting um it's streaming on crunchyroll if you have Crunchyroll, it's called Noragami. And um Noragami, okay. It is it's only two seasons. I don't think there's a third season coming. I don't know. I haven't finished the second season yet, but I'm almost done. It's essentially about uh it takes place in Japan. It's about like this little minor, extremely minor, uh practically unheard of god named Yato. Essentially, like all the Japanese gods and stuff exist and, you know, get prayed to by, you know, everyday folks and stuff. They all have their shrines, which they stay at. And most people can't see them, but, you know, pray to them and stuff. Yato is this like basically almost nothing god who is basically tagging all around the city, like leaving a phone number and stuff, trying to get people to call him and pray to him. And and <laughs> donate five yen, just five yen, like basically a nickel. And he will fulfill their prayer by doing like odd jobs, like taking their dog for a walk, uh, doing their grocery shopping so he can save up to buy his own uh, shrine. Oh, OK. I was going to I was going to ask what his actual goal was because because he doesn't have a shrine of his own. Yeah. So he needs more worshipers so that he can get the funding to buy his own shrine. <laughs> yeah. And uh Interesting. So are people able to see these gods, like these minor gods? Only if, really only if he wants to be seen. So to complicate his story, though, he meets this um, high school girl there who is able to see him regardless. And she is kind of like this, something happens to her. I don't want to spoil it. She's able to sort of travel. I don't know. She's kind of in limbo between being a living person and being a spirit. So she's kind of like... um and in between so she can communicate with the gods and and any spirits and stuff like that but she also is still kind of human and she kind of becomes a part of this whole world and everything like that and is you know becomes friends with him and stuff he is kind of a a goofball uh kind of a doofus and because anime you learn he's got an extremely dark past to him (laughs) and he's very mysterious as well so, um, like, there are folks that are that do know of him that will say, you know, he's actually a very scary god, and it's like, wait, why? Because he always seems so goofy. And they can also one other thing I really like about the show is all the gods have these things called regalia, which are essentially their weapons. But the the regalia are actually spirits 
So like a deceased person, a spirit that has not moved on and and lingers around. Those spirits can either become corrupted and become phantoms, which are basically like these evil creatures and stuff that prey upon living humans and might cause humans to do awful things. Like in this world, some phantoms will latch on to humans and cause them to commit crimes, to commit um, harm to others or to themselves. And Yato does a lot of like killing these phantoms and stuff. But to do that, he needs a regalia. So one of the other options for a spirit is to become a regalia for a god. Uh, Yato's main regalia is this kid, Yuki, who is this teenager who died at some point. He's just this lost, wandering spirit that Yato finds. And he's like, I'm going to make you my regalia. So he can still be in like a humanish kind of spirit form. But when he summons Yuki as his regalia, Yuki turns into Yato's sword. So he's basically wielding this you know, spirit sword, who is Yuki, mm. and uh, they fight together and stuff. And then after the fight, you know, Yuki can just be his person, like, you know, his human looking self again. So it's very interesting. So like some gods will have like tons of regalia, like they can be um, whips, guns, swords. Some can even be like this one God has like one of them as an earring, but that regalia basically is more like a tactical thing that whispers into her ear and says like, you know, fire on my count or like you're at this distance from this phantom, wait to fire at this range, things like that. So it's really cool. It's it's a really, really cool show. It's very funny, but it has extremely deep moments and deep storytelling. So absolutely recommend it. One of my favorites I've seen for a very long time. How long is it? I think the first season, uh, I want to say was only maybe 12 or 14 episodes. And I think the second season is probably about the same. So do you know, like, is it based on a manga or is it like an original? Anime? There is a manga and the manga is still going to this day. I think the manga started in, ooh, I want to say 2015, I think, and it's still going. But I think mm. the anime, I think they only did two seasons and then I think tied up the story. So, but yeah, okay. it's, man, it is good. It's really good. Sounds interesting. For sure. You would get really into it. I do like action. There's a lot of action and a lot of laughs. Yeah. And laughs. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. I'll check that one out. I guess the last anime that I really watched was um, uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. Oh, yeah. Since we had watched that for Cartoon Boom. Yeah, there's action, not a lot of laughs. That one, there's a lot of frustration. Yeah. Because you're like, why is everyone so mean to this guy? Yeah. It, it It's like watching yeah. Game of Thrones again. It's just kind of like you just you just feel depressed watching it. You know, it's like, man, <laughs> so, I love these battles, but everything else has me just so sad and depressed so which is why like i haven't seen the second season of it yet but that's why i felt like okay now that everybody is going to be nicer to the shield hero because they know that everything that they had against him was all a lie it's like okay it's, it should be going in a good direction but i've heard the second season isn't as good as the first one oh, so i'm like no. well, what did they do in the second one like how is that even possible? The second one, he, just, he goes back to his own world. Again. He gets framed. He goes back to the real <laughs> world and everyone there hates him. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, man, I sure miss being the shield yeah, hero. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, I yeah. wish I was still a shield hero. And they're like, go back to being a shield hero, you idiot. God, I hate you. <laughs> he gets framed again. Yeah. Oh, it's just a rough life. For yeah. Him. Everything sucks for him. Speaking of sucking, what doesn't suck is, is uh -huh. you sharing this episode. With, with your friends, with uh, your non-friends, but maybe they're like, you know, people that you meet on the street and you're like, hey, do you like podcasts? You should uh, you should listen to this one. Do that. Share this share this episode. Share your favorite clips from the episode. Do all those things. Head over to nerdslot.com where you can find more details about us, about uh, what we do. Um, and you can uh, write into us with questions comments concerns no no don't give me your concerns i don't care um <laughs> write in at uh email us at uh podcasts that's plural at nerdslot.com i th eventually we'll maybe we'll get a better email address to have people write into because that is hard to say podcasts maybe at nerdslot.com maybe we should just get podcast and podcast so if it happens yeah we should do both like, just it's all to be on the safe side because it all filters to the same place yeah, anyway why not it's true 
uh, write in, give us your, your ideas, your topics, anything you want us to talk about. Um, if you want us to stop talking, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdsloth and pay us enough money so that we never have to talk. Um, and then we can just live <laughs> our lives in peace. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, Joseph, give me uh, give me some, uh, some inspiring life advice to go out on. I want you to give me something inspiring to do with my week. In- okay. Inspiring life advice. But just Let for a week. For a just for a week. Like, it's got to expire by the end of the week, this advice. Okay. Well, here's here's my advice then. We form our own destinies. Anything in the past is the past, and you should leave it as such. Don't allow it to weigh you down as you move forward in the present or the future. Look forward to every day as it comes, and don't dread the things that haven't happened yet. That's my advice. And that was Joseph's fortune cookie. My name's Chris. (laughs) I'm Joseph. And we'll see you sometime. Sometime.